when I baked the most was when I was having the hardest time accepting myself. That's why I dedicated my cookbook to my alopecia because without which I wouldn't have discovered the therapy of baking. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to episode 11 of Alopecia Life. And it is the beginning of December. It's time to think about holiday baking. And today's guest is Jessica Ward. One of the coolest things about her is she was on Cupcake Wars and she also just came out with a cookbook, a really awesome cookbook. And I will have her share all those details with you throughout the interview. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And I met you a few months ago at the Children's Alopecia Project, Calapalooza. And I just wanted to let you know that you made such a great impression on me. And I wanted to interview you and talk about your cookbook, Cupcake Wars, your alopecia story, and so much more. Well, I'm so honored um, that you found me to be so interesting to invite me on. I'm super excited. Gosh, you know, I feel like I just love talking about baking because that is my self-therapy. So we can just dive right into that. Right on. Let's do it. Okay. So I have been baking since I was a little girl and I could work in easy bake oven. I would bake the most horrendous tasting things ever, but my family, of course, would pretend they were delicious and encourage me to keep baking which was really great because some parents are like, ah, this isn't your thing. You should try something else. But my parents were very encouraging. And then that easy bake oven baking evolved into banana bread and then blackberry pies because they grew in my yard. And then I just kept baking all throughout school, you know, cookies for my Rottweiler. Um, And then when I got into my 20s through college and after college, I really started honing in on my craft for cupcakes and cakes trying to be better at decorating and writing my own recipes. And during that time, I competed on Cupcake Wars twice. I was the runner up the first time, second time didn't go out so gracefully, but it was really fun and really encouraged me to keep going, especially because I was competing against amazing bakers that actually had storefronts and I was just, you know, this home baker. So it was really fun. Um, I liked it a lot. Now I share my recipes and I self-published a cookbook called What to Bake When, a baking handbook for the basic bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. When we got this in the mail, we sat around the table, my husband and my kids and I, and we were cracking up. I mean, it it was unexpected. I really didn't realize that there would be so many creative recipes in there and and the names I think are the best. And I'm going to, I'm also just say the breakup cookies is one of my favorite names and and there's a real name for it, but you have to buy the book everybody to know what it is. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. It, uh, it's definitely, it, it showcases my personality. It's not your, you know, typical baker's book. That's for sure. Right. I love it. And have sales been? Sales have been okay. You know, I have done everything myself and I've used Amazon for marketing and as well as, you know, the following I have on social media. Mm -hmm. So I've sold about half of the books that I printed, which is great. And with the holidays coming up, I'm hoping to sell the rest of them. Yeah, it's, it's going pretty great. I have no complaints. 
Awesome. And I know just publishing a book in general is not an easy thing to do. So how did you start that process? Well, I knew that I had all these recipes that I'd written over the years that I wanted to share in a unique way. So, and I also have all these stories to share because the number one question I ask myself is, oh, what should I bake for this? Like whenever I'm going somewhere, whenever it's a holiday, whenever it's a party or just an event, that's the question I ask myself constantly. So I was like, I feel like other people are asking themselves this question, right? Like, what should I bake for this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt that, oh, okay, I'm going to tie a recipe to every type of occasion you can think of that you'd want to bake something. So I wrote all the stories and paired them with the recipes that I typically bake them for. And then I, I reached out to a copy editor. I reached out to a designer. I couldn't do it all alone as much as I wanted to. And then I reached out to my friend who's a photographer who was open to experimenting with food photography. She typically shoots newborns and we together made some amazing photos. So it was really, it took a village. It came together pretty well. And then I printed with this total printing services in Chicago and then sold them on Amazon and my website. And I've learned a lot. It's really a lot of work, but it was definitely worth it. Yeah. And so basically when you go to an event, you're not bringing a salad. We know that if Jessica's (laughs) being invited, you are going to get a baked good of some sort. Yes, exactly. I think like even the first event that I met you at, at Alopecia Palooza, I was like asking, okay, what can I contribute to this? Because I was, I did a cupcake frosting class, but I was like, well, I need to bake something. So there was the dance. So I'm like, okay, I'll bake a unicorn cake. Like I can't just mm-hmm. show up with something mediocre, never chips and dip for me. It's always <laughs> gotta be something, you know, just elaborate because that's my personality. I'm a little bit extra and I just like that. <laughs> awesome. And why don't we talk a little bit about your blogging that you do and your YouTube channel? Okay. Yeah. I have a blog. It's called love sweet mess, lovesweetmess.com. Um, the name came from my love for baking and sweets and mess comes from my nickname, uh, Massacre, which my mother gave me when I was a little girl. I, I had OCD and I would organize my toy box and my mom thought there was something wrong with me. So she would mess up my toy box and she's like, you need to be Massacre. You know, you're a kid. You should be a mess. So mess has been my nickname, even though I'm the complete opposite of a mess. So love sweet mess is the name, loving life through the sweet and messy. And the blog started out originally being um, a recipe blog for all my baked goods. But then as I started to come out with my alopecia, I realized, oh, I'm going to start sharing my journey because now that I'm comfortable talking about it, I feel like it's worth sharing and other people can relate to it. So now that's kind of what it is, more of a lifestyle blog. And it focuses on living your life with alopecia and food because I love food. (laughs) Right on. And when were you diagnosed with alopecia? Um, I was diagnosed actually not until I was 23 years old, but I started losing my hair at 12. I was misdiagnosed. My doctor just said that it was hormones and they would balance out. So I got through puberty, which didn't happen. So I got a second opinion at 23. We had a biopsy done and it confirmed I had alopecia areata, which actually, so when I would look at alopecia areata photos, I Google them. It didn't look like my hair loss at all. It was patchy or there was completely complete baldness. 
and I, my hair is different. So it wasn't until about a year and a half ago, someone mentioned the term, oh, you have diffuse alopecia areata. Mm-hmm. So I looked that up. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely my hair loss. It's, it's hair loss throughout the whole scalp, but not in round patches. It's more spread out and scarce throughout. Right. Um, so yeah, that's so 23. It took a while to get diagnosed. Yeah. And I think probably the uncertainty really does get in the way of accepting what's happening to you. Yeah. I really didn't fit in with you know, anyone, I think growing up, I, I didn't fit in at school because, you know, I had this bald spot on my head and I was teased, like nothing, nothing terrible. I, when I say I was teased, I wasn't bullied by any means. It was harmless. It's like, I was called, um, bald spice. I was the sixth member of the spice girls. (laughs) And, um, it's kind of funny now when I think about it. And at the time it was my friends teasing me. So, you know, it kind of hurt, but at the same time I was like, well, my hair is going to grow in. My doctor said so. So who cares what they say now? But yeah, I didn't feel like I looked like other kids. And then when I got diagnosed, I still was like, well, I don't look like I have alopecia compared to these pictures. And then am I going to lose all my hair? So then I was a little bit in denial and not really understanding what was in store for me. Yeah, I just didn't fit in. I didn't I didn't really know where to put myself. So I didn't reach out to other people with alopecia because I was like, they're going to look at me and be like, you have a full head of hair. Like, you're not bald. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So I was really confused. And that's why I started hiding under wigs. And I went through my journey of terrible synthetic wigs that looked just so humorous when I look back at photos now. And then, you know, the great quality human hair wigs. And now that I'm out, I kind of just, I have a wide range of wigs that I wear and I will wear my natural hair as well. So it's just been a journey really trying to fit in with it. Yeah. What are your thoughts about, what would you say to your 12 year old self now looking back? Um, I would have told her to get a second opinion right away because I think that had I just known what I was dealing with, it would have taken years of low self-esteem off my life. and. Yeah, I would have told her to just come out with it as opposed to when I found out at 23, I didn't embrace it and actually tell people publicly until I was 31. So I would have told her to just get a second opinion and embrace it and rock that hair for whatever it was. Yeah. And going back to your baking, I know that I've read that baking really provided you that sense of therapy is what you call it on the back of the book that you could do something to kind of get through what was going on in your life. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I didn't really realize that baking was a form of therapy for me until I started writing my book. And I would think, wow, when I bake the most was when I was having the hardest time accepting myself. Mm-hmm. And I that's why I dedicated my cookbook to my alopecia, because without which I wouldn't have discovered the therapy of baking. And um, it really helped me having a creative outlet. I actually talked about this today on my YouTube channel, having that creative outlet it gives you two things. One, it gives you self-confidence. So if you're putting your energy into something and becoming good at this craft, like I was becoming great at baking and I I felt confident for the first time in my life because when you're you're dealing with hair loss, you feel the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. You just feel, you know, ugly, ashamed, you don't fit in. So Mm -hmm. baking made me feel confident. And it also brought me a community of bakers. So I started to make friends with people through social media and life that could bake as well. So then I felt like I could, I had something in common with people for once. I wasn't just this, this weirdo that didn't fit somewhere. I fit amongst these bakers and it gave me a sense of community. I really needed. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, baking did a lot. It has done a lot for me. I, I will bake till I die. It's just, it's just something that I have to have in my life. It really centers me. So I know you and I talked about this a little bit at camp and we talked about the whole gluten-free phase and autoimmunity and all of that. Are you wanting to look at some recipes and maybe go gluten-free with some, or do you have some that are already in the making? Yeah. So actually um, I do have some gluten-free recipes, but I'm, my diet has completely changed since I started working on my cookbook. So I would bake, you know, the, the most delicious fattening sugary desserts, but now I don't eat like that anymore. My diet changed about two years ago where I was just feeling really inflamed and bloated and not comfortable. And I have a really sensitive stomach. So I started to go plant-based and I've slowly been cutting out food groups. And that does include gluten for the most part. I love sourdough, so I can't give that up. But I will give up like a lot of processed foods. Or if I do eat it, I'll know that I'm not going to feel good. So I have to make that decision. So I've tried to incorporate that type of eating into my baking nowadays, like plant-based, gluten-free, uh, dairy-free, and even soy-free, just trying, trying to experiment. And it's definitely, it's, I'm not great yet, <laughs> but I'm getting there. And I do really like it because I've noticed a difference when I eat something that's a plant-based baked good compared to a cupcake that has, you know, all the goodness in it. There's definitely a difference in how mm-hmm. I feel after I eat it. And they both can be delicious. So it's mm-hmm. really just a matter of me, you know, trying and researching and I just got to keep practicing at it. But my next cookbook is going to be a plant-based cookbook called What to Cook When. So it's going to be cooking, not baking. Nice. I love yeah. that. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of interested people in that. It's not a craze. It's not like a gluten-free phase or you know a vegan phase. I know that a lot of people with alopecia and autoimmunity are really dealing with these inflammatory factors that are totally affected by what they eat. So they're going to love that. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely feel like that's the biggest topic on all the alopecia blogs is diet. Like does mm-hmm. diet help? How do you beat inflammation? So I really feel like, yeah, the plant-based diet is going to, uh, that's going to be a great book. So I'm excited for that. Me too. Awesome. So what's coming up for you next? So I have just been really trying to develop content for my YouTube channel because I really want to use that platform more. I don't, I started to use it a few years ago when I was baking, I'd make baking videos, but you know, now that I want to share my story about alopecia and really talk to other women that have it and they're struggling with it. I just want to be more relatable. And I think being on camera and talking to people when you can see their face, you can see their reactions, you can see their emotions. It's just a stronger connection as opposed to just reading a blog post that I write. I'm really trying to create that presence on YouTube to share wigs um, and show that, you know, the fun side of alopecia, if you can believe that exists. (laughs) But, you know, I've found that I'm having a lot of fun wearing wigs and, and dressing up and that it doesn't have to be so sad once you've, you know, gone through the process of grief because there's so many stages of hair loss. But once you're on the upside of it and you're ready to embrace it, that it can be fun. I just want to try to show that. So that's really what I'm working on right now. Great. So it's so true. Alopecia is, I know there's a fun side to it. There are mm-hmm. people who are, are just doing amazing things with their experience and that's a piece of it. But then you talked about creative outlet and I know that that's huge too. Every person that I interview who is living fully 
is saying, oh yeah, I played basketball. I'm a runner. You, you bake. And having that creative outlet is a big piece of that. What other steps do you think are piece of really come to terms with what's going on and, and releasing it from the, the word suffering from alopecia Mm -hmm. or, you know, living, hiding, whatever we want to label we want to put to it. What do you think really contributes to that? I think that you really have to start talking about it, which can be hard. So maybe talking about it is the second step after you start looking into people like you. So maybe finding stories that are similar to your loss, somebody that you can relate to, and then maybe you're more comfortable talking about it. Like I've had people message me saying like, you know, I haven't come out yet, but I've read your blogs and you really inspire me and I want to get to that point one day. So I think just even looking for someone to kind of guide you is really helpful. And then talking about your own story is really helpful, even if you're not ready to show it. But I think that hiding, you know, you can do that. I, I would, I never pressure anyone to come out. I think everyone needs to go through their own journey at their own time. Mm-hmm. But I do encourage people to, you know, speed that process up, get there eventually, get comfortable because the sooner you accept yourself and like, this is your head, you're not going to get a different one. Yeah. Your hair may grow back in, or you may lose it again, or it may stay the same, but that's the head you have. So the sooner you just embrace that you are unique and you're still you, and that doesn't take away your essence. It's just an accessory. You're going to find that the world is, you know, literally your oyster. Like you can start living your life to the fullest and hair won't hold you back because I know for me, it did for a long time. I wouldn't, I would never have got on camera for my YouTube channel had I not accepted my alopecia. So I really think it is about talking about it, looking for someone to confide in and someone to look up to, to guide you through it really helps as well as those creative outlets. Cause you got to feel like you're good at something, you know, and you, you kind of feel like, Oh great. I can't even grow hair. What? I can't play basketball or whatever. You know what I mean? You really start to beat yourself up and it's just, it's nonsense at the end of the day. And we're so much better than that. What are your thoughts? Do you think that you would be the baker you are today or the YouTube um, personality that you are without alopecia? I definitely don't think I would be the baker that I am today. I, I wouldn't be me without alopecia. That's for darn sure. Because I had to build a thick skin and I had to learn to laugh at myself. And even though I was insecure inside, I was, I wasn't really putting that out there into the world. So I had to take that insecurity and that those feelings and I had to put it into something. So when I found baking and something I was good at, I definitely wouldn't have found that without having those feelings that I needed to put somewhere. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely shaped me. And I, I wouldn't like, I've been asked like, if you could just have a full thick head of hair, like, like your wigs, but it was yours, would you want it? And part of me says no, which just sounds crazy because I just wouldn't be who I am. Like I wouldn't take back my journey for anything. Like I needed to go through that journey to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know that that, that piece of advice is going to really go far with our listeners. And I hope so. Yeah. My, my last question for the day, do you have a favorite dessert? I know this is something I ask a lot of other people I'm interviewing, but this one's kind of a big one for you because you have so many amazing recipes. Yeah. So funny about me is that I'm more of a savory person. <laughs> so when people ask that, they're like, what? Because I love like pizza, sourdough, mac and cheese. Like mm-hmm. if that could be healthy, that would be what I would live off of. But for desserts, like I love, it's called Swedish princess cake. And it's, it's like a white cake with marzipan covering it. So marzipan is like a can, like an almond candy dough. So these cakes kind of look like green domes traditionally. And I have the recipe in my cookbook. 
and they're delicious. There's like raspberry and whipped cream. and Oh my gosh, it is amazing. So I definitely, that's my favorite cake of all time. A second up would be black forest cake, which I also have a recipe for in my book. And then these cookies, I call them that I miss you cookies in my cookbook because they're just like, I send them to everyone that I miss. Like I just want them to taste them. They're coconut and toffee and dark chocolate and they're really amazing. So yeah, those are my top three for sure. Yep. That's on my list for my next baking venture. I miss you you cookies. You will love them. They're delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us today. How can people find you on social media? Thanks for having me. You can find me at my blog, lovesweetmess.com. I'm also on Instagram at really Jessica Rose, Facebook at lovesweetmess as well. Awesome. I will put all those links in the show notes for our listeners and that's how they can find you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Alopecia Life today. For the link to find Jessica's book, just look in our show notes and I'll also have it posted on Facebook. It's a great gift for the holidays or any time of year. Thank you so much for listening today. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.